Welcome to Love in a Podcast. I'm Nathaniel, and right in front of me is my beautiful partner and dancing co-host. Hi, I'm Shiloh, and I'm dancing. She's dancing. So I'd like to start off this episode by saying that today brought in a new day um, in, in, our, in our country, in our government, and this will not be a political statement. I can promise you that. I just want to say how important it is and how wonderful it is that in the second highest office in the, in the land is now occupied by a woman and Woo! a, and a woman of color at that. She bad. What this means for little girls and little boys is very important. And any kid that grows up to be whatever they need to be. But the fact that I have two small little boys that are going to live in a time where they see the first female vice president, all that's going to do is just really install in their heads just how how amazing and incredible anyone can be. And specifically in this realm, that they get to see a woman in, in power. And I just think that's an incredible thing. Um, however you feel politically about her, that's, that's, you know, neither here nor there. It's just, I thought it was important to mention. Yeah, it's very important to mention. This is a historical day. This is a massive shift. And um, I feel the energy, to be honest with you, I feel the energy just popping off of the screens. I'm not even in a crowd of people and I feel the energy shifting already. It's, it's um, pretty amazing. So I hope you're all well. I hope you're at least enjoying the day, if not dancing in it. Um, our, our episode tonight is episode five, um, and this is the first episode in our, our new series called The Power of Joy. The Power of Joy, I will get into in a second, but this episode is called Love and Smiling Through Trying Times. In this episode um, of our podcast, we will uncover some of the mystery around smiling. There is a lot to consider during these days of recluse, a lot of hardship mentally and financially, emotionally and socially. Myself, I have seriously struggled with sadness and depression, um, which is why we didn't record last week and why this particular episode is one day late really lucky that we're just sharing this podcast with friends and we don't have any investors yet or advertisers yet um i was talked i was tempted to talk about depression but i know it felt misguided it did feel misguided for me to talk about it and a little too obvious and also now, that is your opinion though yeah but it, it's just for this particular week being that i just came out of how I was feeling. Um, I'm tired of ruminating on sadness and talking about it and thinking about it. Um, so while grocery shopping, my which is my big day out each week, I looked up at the register and saw a really bright cover. Um, Time had released The Power of Joy, a 96-page magazine with articles that I really needed to read. So I used my grocery points and ended up paying under $2 for Ooh, it. Ooh, giant eagle. <laughs> It was the best investment I could have made. Um, in this series, we'll take articles from this joy-ridden text and talk about them. We need joy now more than ever. Um, today, like we were talking about, is the inauguration of President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. So I want to dedicate this piece to her, although this isn't a political piece. She is 
for lack of better words, a mentor and a badass woman who is an example of joy, leadership, and intelligence that I'm personally seeking. If you have this Time magazine, we will be focusing on page 60, Smiling Through Trying Times. You do not need to get the magazine to listen to this by any means. And I break we- it down, and I definitely... Um, I borrow a lot out of the article, so um, don't we, feel we like are you not have to have it. Sponsored by Time Magazine or its parent company either. This is just so everybody no. knows. This is not a Time podcast. This what is just so ever. This is something that you know Shiloh and, and and you know secondly myself believe is a very important topic at, at, at right now, and I think that they did a good job of covering. They did it. a great job. So. That's why we're, I actually want to. I'm creating a series from it. Um, I've researched other texts from medical journals and websites and some of my personal books to give you a more rounded point of view for this episode. Um, But I have a big ask right now. Shut your eyes unless you're driving or holding a baby. Catchphrase. Take a deep, deep belly breath, sending it all the way into your abdomen, puff up your chest, and just smile. To begin, I started searching for ideas from others that would support my own theory that smiling had the power to automatically create feelings of happiness, but also there has to be a lot more to it than that. Interested in how wearing masks have affected us all in the smiling department, I found a separate Time article called What We Lose When We Hide Our Smiles Behind a Mask. This, this I have to say, is incredibly interesting. And I, I just wanted to mention that as we get into it. Yeah, a, a couple, well, I'm not going to even go there. You might, you know, feel like I'm talking and it's long-winded, but it, trust me, it is all for the benefit of this article and this episode. Um, the author of this is Belinda Loscombe. She is also the author of Marriageology, The Art and Science of Staying Together. So in this article, um, Paula Neidenthal, a psychologist who heads up the Neidenthal Emotions Lab at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and has studied facial expression extensively, says that there are three types of smiles. Those that express, express pleasure at a reward or surprise, like when you get to see your friends in person after a prolonged separation. Soon, please. Um, smiles that convey a desire to be friendly or at least non-threatening, which she calls smiles of affiliation. And then there's the dominant smiles, like the one Dirty Harry gives when he asks a certain punk if he's feeling lucky. Neidenthal predicts that as mask use stretches on, people may rely more on the context of the situation to tell them how to interpret an interaction. She says they will imagine that the context confers to reaction a reaction that is obvious, which of course will get everybody into a lot of trouble because people in our culture respond with high variability to the same context. This is a lot like having an important conversation via text with multiple people. The context of your text may get lost in the sauce. Just like the author of the article, I miss smiling in public because it's one of the handiest utensils in my communication drawer, and my mask has taken that away. We have temporarily lost our favorite communication tools when we need more ways to connect than ever. 
Um, this isn't to say I don't still smile at people when I'm out and about. I like to think they can see that my eyes are friendly and non-threatening. Um, upon a- approaching strangers in the street, I want to let them know that I am harmless and wish them well. In hard times, this message feels particularly urgent. But more than that, I know smiling is benefiting me. Um, studies have shown that it enhances the mood that produced the expression and it helps us recall happier times. Facial expression is not just output from the brain, but also feeds back to the brain and has some consequences for subjective experience, says Neidenthal. There is good evidence that smiling naturally has some effect on your ambient emotional state. Just, just, I mean, say that again. There is good evidence that smiling naturally has some effect on your ambient emotional state. Just, I, I mean, that's, that's just incredible. I mean, you can, I, yeah, that we have the power to do that. I have not, I've not really thought about smiling on a level other than, oh, I'm smiling. You know, it's, this is, this is very, very exciting. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a loop. Right. Um, but what else she's saying is that masks may be making us even more depressed. Um, and this might seem like a no brainer statement, but the research in this article is almost allowing me to feel validated and feeling confused and, uh, more separate from other people in public or social situations. Um, Lostcom ends her article with a fake smile after all is often given with good intentions, just as a mask is sometimes worn not to hide, but to protect. I really like that last thing. We are wearing masks to protect, not to hide. Yes. Um, And the second article is from Medical News. (laughs) I got to say, no, I was just going to say, because honestly, think about it this way. Um, You know, an introvert, on the other hand, might actually be using it to hide and finds it easier to be out in public, you know, when, when there's less focus on their face and what they're thinking and their expression, you know, so I'm just kind of trying to look at it from a different, from a different angle, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, this is affecting everybody in their own unique way. We all have our own ways of going about being in society. Um, the The second article is from medicalnewstoday.com. It is called, Why Do We Smile? Why Do We Smile? This is written by Maria Kahut, PhD. Um, and again, this is medicalnewstoday.com. So although smiles are generally taken taken as signs of contentment, humans actually smile for many different reasons. And in this article, they prove that smiling doesn't always show happiness in someone or is driven by happiness, um, which was really surprising to me. It doesn't mean you're happy and it's not driven by happiness. Sometimes we do smile simply because we're happy, but we also smile for social reasons and to put other people at ease, as well as to show more complex emotion, such as resignation, which means the acceptance of something undesirable but inevitable. Um, One smile type that people tend to perceive as a genuine mark of happiness is the Duchenne smile wherein different sets of facial muscles are activated at the same time. In the Duchenne smile, the person smiles with their mouth as well as their eyes. Uh, And I learned that the non-Duchenne smile doesn't reach the eyes, but resides only on the lips and possibly the cheeks. In popular culture, this action is sometimes referred to as smizing. 
<laughs> Do you all remember America's Next Top Model? Oh, here it is. Tyra Banks was teaching the whole world how to smile. Without using your mouth, just show your smile only in your eyes. There's a lot involved. There is um, squinting, a slight head movement, but then you're conjuring up the energy and the emotion to exert um, while smizing. So so it's funny because it's just the opposite of, of the du- Duchenne smile or no the non-duchenne smile yeah they're smizing in the non-duchenne yeah um so think about that the different smiles what what does it mean to you when you receive a smile like the smize or the non-duchenne do you feel like one is more authentic than the other and think about when you are projecting your smiles out um you know she she says are these kinds of smiles always what they appear to be what really does make us smile Um, So these are questions that researchers from the Brighton and Sussex Medical School in the United Kingdom have recently strived to answer. This is so cool, This what they did. Um, Dr. Harry Witchell and colleagues have conducted a study aiming to learn when participants tended to smile in an experimental context and why that might be. They presented the new findings at the European Conference of Cognitive Ergonomics held in the Netherlands. Um, According to some researchers, a genuine smile reflects the inner state of cheerfulness or amusement, says Dr. Witchell. The researchers worked with a cohort of 44 healthy participants, 26 of whom were women aged 18 to 35. As part of the experiment, the participants had to answer a fairly difficult quiz presented on a computer that lasted only 175 seconds. The level of difficulty, as well as the short duration, ensured that the volunteers often provided the wrong answers. I want to. I want to know. This is totally ridiculous, but I want to know why wasn't it exactly three minutes? Why did it have to be five seconds? Like that's driving me nuts right now. Because they're from the Netherlands. <laughs> they're Dutch, and they do whatever the hell they want. They kind of do, though. Yeah, I mean, I want to be Dutch. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so they were provided with the wrong answers. Each participant was seated and left alone with a computer. Their facial expressions were recorded using special facial recognition software. Then the researchers assessed the correspondence between the participants, various moods, and the times at which they smiled during a two-way approach. On one hand, each participant rated their own experience of the quiz on a scale of 12 possible moods, such as bored, interested, or frustrated. On the other hand, the researchers used the facial recognition software to see how often the participants smiled. Now, this is what's really interesting. Our study showed, Dr. Witchell says, that in these human-computer interaction experiments, smiling is not driven by happiness. It is associated with subjective engagement which acts like a social fuel for smiling, even when socializing with a computer on your own by yourself. Um, shows can it, you believe that? I mean, it definitely shows about it, you know instinct because if you're responding to a computer like that, that's you know it's just got to be. It's natural, right? You're not purposefully smiling at an inanimate object, right? Um, but they were smiling because of interacting with a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, wild. The researchers found that all in all, the participants were not likely to smile when they were trying to answer the questions on the quiz. Instead, they were likely to smile after they answered the questions or as the computer would confirm whether they had been right or wrong. But most notably, however, the participants seemed to smile most often when they found out that they had delivered the wrong answer. How is that possible, you might think? 
Well, after analyzing the data, the researchers concluded that the mood that seemed to be associated with smiling most often was simply engagement. So this suggests that smiles might sometimes appear as an unconscious social reaction. Um, Dr. Richel explains, during these computerized quizzes, smiling was radically enhanced just after answering questions incorrectly. Again, how wild it is to think that. Um, He also said this behavior could be explained by self-ratings of engagement rather than by ratings of happiness or frustration. So while writing this earlier, I practiced smizing, you guys. Um, So I'm sitting at the computer, um, really tempted to use the camera to check my eyes out, Um, participating in Duchenning. I'm calling it the Duchenning smize. Oh, my God. The Duchenne smile feels more authentically happy with more in my face representing the emotion. So try it. Try smizing and then try just... um, you know, exerting the minimal effort with smiling with your mouth and cheeks. I'm just, I'm just enjoying just imagining you sitting there in front of a computer doing that. So I was, probably, I was dancing at the same time. It, see, it's melting me. You're just <laughs> melting me right now. It's so sweet. All I see is a puddle with headphones. Yep. Um, so with that, you know, those two other articles, I just want, it's just a base understanding of what this main article, the original article, Smiling Through Trying Times, is going to be all about. And, you know, we're going to dive into that. So um, the article is written by Ingela Tarlidge Amundsen. Ingela. Ingela. Um, While writing this, I was listening to a playlist called Radio Presents Biden and Harris Inauguration 2021. And currently at that time, um, Kay Trinata is, was singing about what we need to know or what we need now, what we need now. And I wondered, do I need more joy? Um, it's almost always an invariable yes. But how often do you ask yourself if you really need more joy? Do I need it? And how do I get it? I, I just um, want to mention that, you know, you, you left this part out, but she's, Shiloh's very high class, like high society. (laughs) So she was not listening to this on lowly Spotify or anything like that. She was using Tidal. Was. I was using Tidal. I've been using Tidal since Beyonce released her Lemonade album. And and she only only released it on Tidal. And I was in in the Keys uh, at this big party. And (laughs) I downloaded Tidal and stopped everything I was doing. So I could get the album and I played it from that second on for oh. the eternity of life. Jay-Z, thanks you for making him a billionaire. Oh my God, I wish you would make me a billionaire. I know, me too. Um, so any, anyway, um, back to the article. Um, <laughs> I know that was so off topic. Let's, okay, so let's face it. Being one of those sparkling types who are perpetually ready to be delighted by the world's bounty is actually really easy if things happen to be going your way. It's an entirely different story when we're dealt a hand of grief, anguish, loss, and hardship. It seems impossible to conjure a positive feeling or a smile or a nice comment on social media or make lemonade. Lemonade. This article shows us it's entirely possible to do just that, though. 
Um, personally, I force myself to read positive books and watch comedies. I'll call a friend and, and get a laugh. Um, FaceTiming with my mom and my grandma are great. Graham. Um, Graham. Um, practicing yoga, meditating, singing and dancing, doing this podcast. Um, these are things I force myself to do, but I'm not alone. Others are making like that TikTok app. They're making silly TikTok video, TikTok videos. Um, nurses are dancing amid COVID cases. People are saying I do via Zoom. Some are so desperate to find levity in this pandemic and to create it on their own. Desperation. Um, I mean, hey, we're making a podcast. Yeah. I mean, great things can come out of your angst and depression if you are open to it. Um also, while walking around the neighborhood with the dogs, I see rainbow and sunshine pictures that are drawn by children in bright crayons hanging in the windows, like facing the outside, which I assume parents are encouraging this. Um, it's to brighten other, other people's day outside. You know, you just look up and you see a rainbow and some, it's just really great. It makes me smile every time. Um, but it's not easy. You know, it's, it's wonderful, but it's not easy. Um, it isn't impossible to find a balance of facing reality, what the reality of the situation is um, around us while maintaining a sense of joy. Like I've said, I've found myself in very low lows and dark times in my mind that I wasn't sure I was going to make it out of. Um, light, But this woman, uh, she says light and dark are not mutually excuse, exclusive. The key word here is and explains Harriet Kebbley. She's a Manhasset, Manhasset, New York social worker, an expert in positive psychology, and the author of Living Well Despite Adversity, who I will be quoting repeatedly for the remainder of our time. Her name is Kebbley. Kebbley. It serves as a bridge, she says. We can be sad and happy. We can hold grief, pain, and joy together. Even through our darkest moments, it's possible to let tiny bits of sunshine peek through. I think that's beautiful. Um, the article continues to give examples of how people are able to find moments of happiness during chaos. You're a hippie. How we can bounce back. <laughs> oh, I am wearing patchouli. Um, <laughs> data about... All over, too. All over, um, data about humans suggests that we're, we are wired to bounce back and that happiness is like a thermostat, says Darren M. McMahon, a professor of history at Dartmouth. It will fluctuate and burn hotter or colder, but there aren't many things that will knock us off our setting. You know, for me, this is, this is just interesting to read because, I don't know, my... So much of my life, it went on a mental sense, is chaos. <laughs> so it's just kind of yeah, like... Yeah, well, that's when he said that, that last quote. You know, it, it's just, you know, I I, I don't know. Um, I, I, you know, for, you know, anyone that has mental illness, you know, it doesn't matter what the mental illness is. It's compromised in a way that's, that you know what I mean? That's different well, that's for why, everyone. Yeah, that's why it's exactly what you're saying right now. I love that you said that because... Um, what he said, there aren't many things that will knock us off our setting. That led my brain immediately to all of our different settings as different people existing in different levels of mental health, um, which vary from naturally thinking glass half empty or glass, glass half full. Um, think about that. If you're prone to depression, even on a sunny day, what happens to us during a pandemic? 
And then my mind went to the Pixar movie, Inside Out. Of course it did. <laughs> it's perfect. Joy and sadness. Remember how sadness just was? And Joy couldn't help herself from mm -hmm. sparkling all over the place. It is a very cute movie, by the way. It is. I love the message. It was really relevant and necessary. Um, but what about the humans who relate more to sadness? Um, I reflected on what my own experience has been with therapists and my beautiful shaman, um, Susan Roback, and my close-knit group of women that I rely on for guidance. So... I may be reiterating ideas that you already know, but let me try. First and foremost, exercise was the first prescription doctors gave me for depression. Ever. We know exercise is critical to mental health. We know that. You hear it all the time because it's actually true. But um, I understand going outdoors to move is harder now, but there are no excuses, people. That's why indoor exercise equipment and videos exist. When I was younger, you needed a VHS player, a TV, an array of Buns of Steel videotapes by Susan Powder. Buns of Steel. And probably speed to keep in shape. Speed. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, just explore YouTube to discover there's a huge variety of exercises and challenges. You can even join groups on Facebook with other people that will keep you accountable. Um, just do it. I've actually... Nike. Decide. You're just plugging everybody right now. <laughs> this is what happens when I don't record for two weeks. It's all <laughs> up there, guys. Stuck. Um, I've actually decided to start instructing yoga online, whether it's live streaming or my own YouTube classes. Everyone else is doing it, and why shouldn't I now that my shoulder is allowing mm -hmm. me to, you know? I totally support it's that. It's me being proactive with my own mental health, and I want to serve other people. Um but being prone to depression, you might instinctively notice how physical touch can immediately raise chemicals in the brain associated with well-being, stress relief, bonding, and pleasure. So if you're lucky enough to be locked down with loved ones, grab them close and squeeze and then ask nicely for them to squeeze back. You know, well, I'm not sure if you're going to touch on this, but... You know, I, one thing that I can say is that when you're in a very dark place, the first thing you, th the, the first thing that you don't think of, <laughs> the thing that you don't think of is getting a hug. You know, mm -hmm. you don't, you don't feel that like, and you're, you're slowly, I think you're kind of changing in that realm. Like I was the same way. I didn't realize that when I was in a, in an episode or whatever I was going through, I didn't realize how much your help, your hug, your love helped me mm. in that realm. And so it's just like, I'm trying to teach you the same thing you taught me. Well, I mean, yeah, there's been, there's been a lot of times in my life where I, I isolated and pushed people away, but pushing people away is kind of my forte. Yeah. I mean, we, we live together, you know, but, um, this is a habit that I've cultivated throughout the years is like the hugging loved ones and touching their arms and playing with someone's hair, just, you know, silly things like that. Um, I'm really grateful that I did cultivate that. Now when I'm upset and angry and agitated and anxious and fr frustrated, depressed, now I'm learning that I need the hug in, in, more than ever. I want to also stress that you are 98% of the time you are, you want hugs and love and kisses. I do. And you want I'm it, a you know, hugger and a toucher. And yeah, so it's, you know, it's just, we're trying to teach you that other one or 2% to just open your arms. 
it's it's going it is going it is we it's just, awesome i'm we proud just of you did it the other day and yep. when we were upset and you know anyway so yeah the hugging and touching um it builds a connection with people who you're comfortable with already and it creates a deeper bond while raising feel-good sensations between everyone involved unless like my friend julia you do not like to be touched which in that case i really hope you have a fluffy pet um, Nathaniel gets grabbed on a very regular basis. Mm-hmm. That's been a necessity since day one. I mean, literally since the first time we saw each other in, in 17 years. Grabbing, yeah. Um, touching, grabbing, squeezing. Like within the first five minutes. <laughs> Actually within the first 60 seconds after you carry that giant suitcase in. Oh my and God. I didn't help you. I can't believe I still had energy after all that <laughs> to even touch you. Um, so... Touching, yes. Um, Another way to be proactive is to create or maintain your already existing treatment. So if you have insurance or low payment plans or you can afford the best of the best therapy, um, but if you already have that in place, keep up on the mental health, yeah? If there's any surprise silver lining to the pandemic's disruption of in-person mental health care, it's that I've discovered the convenience of online and phone appointments. Woo, it's awesome. It's so much easier. You don't have to put pants on. Um, I just met with my shaman, Susan Roback, yesterday via phone. And per usual, it changed my entire day, if not, you know, my, my life seriously. Um, I've been working with her since last February and I love my time with her. Um, yesterday she pointed out ways that I'm blocking my happiness among other things that we talked about, but she is real and she loves me. It makes a huge difference having her a phone call away. And the thing that's very special about Susan, because I've had the the extreme pleasure of being able to talk with her myself on a very personal level, yeah, is that when Chilo says that she loves her, she truly does. This is not a person that's just trying to get paid and then no, moves on to the not next. Not at all. She is an incredible human being. She's authentic, and she we really she. I know she loves me. I feel it. I sense it. I believe it. Um, so. Yesterday, she also helped me see that I took something very personally uh, when it was really just a disappointment because someone that I love fell from grace. Like they lost their shine with me. They didn't use integrity in a situation. Um, But it's just small examples. I could go on and on and on about her, but yesterday changed my point of view, changed my perspective, it changed my heart. Um, and I would love to have an episode completely about her energy work and what it's done for me. She's got to come on. Yeah. Uh, I'll be talking to her soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my last thought here is you're definitely not going to miss an appointment if the doctor is right on your screen. So there are no excuses. Okay. Um, another way to keep deep depression at bay is to make meaning in your life, create meaning in your life. Um, I am a poster child of this. I seriously felt like I lost my own purpose. Um, And that is one of the hardest um, things to wake up and think. And it's, it's, it's bad um, feeling without a purpose. I was laid off. I'm not working at my second job at the nonprofit. I'm not teaching my classes at the studio. Um, I can go on and on. I'm not going to drag it out, but. Well, you know, and the fact that the number one thing that you often say when you're, when you're feeling down is that you don't have a purpose. And it's very, it's, it's very frustrating for someone like me because you have, you have such a purpose in, in the way that 
I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously biased, but I love the biasness. I, I just, what you do, what you do for me, the purpose that you do for me, you know, um, yeah, it's well, just, uh, you know, and that's just me being I, selfish I, right now. I feel the same way about Nathaniel, of course. And when you out there feel like you don't have a purpose, your people are obviously going to tell you that you have a purpose because you do have a purpose. It's a real purpose. That's the thing. But and when you're feeling like that, you know, I know from my own experience, when you're, when you're in a certain, when you're in a certain mode, I, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter what other people tell you. You just, you're set in your ways of, of how you're feeling, you know? So I've had to create meaning a different, but not create meaning, but, um, change my perspective on what my purpose is and what that means to me. Like an example would be my dog's need me in order to survive and we walk every day as simple as that um i play with them more i take time making their meals and snacks um making them happy has created big happiness for myself when before when i was so busy and so important and you know jobs and stuff like that i didn't see it that way um another example is that i've taken on this podcast as a project so I get so much from researching and writing and then working with my partner and sharing it with you wait who's your partner Monet (laughs) she's on my lap she's my partner oh BFF um the the podcast is one of the most wonderful surprises of this pandemic um huge I'm very grateful that we are able to do it um but I'm picking up my saxophone again Hey, me too. I ordered reeds. We are both saxophone players, which we is pretty are. crazy. How how often is a couple, you know, share that? I don't know. You think there's a saxophone couple that d- that does duets and stuff? There's got to there? be. We have to find out. If you know anything, message me out there. Um, I would love to see that. Um, we would love you on the show. Uh-huh. Love it. Uh, <laughs> also, <laughs> another uh, meaning that I have is um practicing my yoga every single day now so my shoulder surgery kept me from yoga for many many months but now I am finding myself on the mat um every day creating new sequences every time I'm there and um, reaching out to other people in the yoga world um so for you this is an opportunity to pick up a new or an old hobby there are support groups, there's online classes on things, you know, like cooking and music. And oh my God, also I have the masterclass app. So um, I'm not telling you to go buy this, this service masterclass. It's all one word. Um, but I paid for it in full. Um, as soon as quarantine happened, we were, um, we were in, in the house. I wanted, I've been wanting it for the longest time, but I just couldn't validate spending the money on it when I had zero time to search for any of the classes, let alone watch them and learn anything. So if you need inspiration, just message me, hit me up, and I will um, even look through the Masterclass app or help you find something that might give you a smile or you know feeling like you have a, a, a purpose. 
So, so what Shiloh's been trying to hand out her masterclass password to everyone. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I do not. You do. Everybody. Oh yeah. There, check this out. I'll just give oh, you my password. I don't do I've that. I've heard you say it four times to okay. four different people. To all the same person. No. Four what? different people. You don't even know what you're talking about. I do not Kat, do that. Multiple members of your family. Not Kat. I'm pretty sure Kat was one of them. Bianca. Bianca. Okay. And she Bianca. has right. it. No one else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is how much I believe in this thing. I paid for it and I'm willing to share. So masterclass. Okay. Whatever. I just love you. Um. So something I read, love you too. Something I read recently is forming a pandemic pod. So make a pact with certain family members and friends to stay more or less to stay more or less quarantined from the outside world in order to maintain easier, trustworthy connection and safety within the group. This takes care of the social aspect of our lives. Um, you'll be comfortable interacting with them because everyone is being hypervigilant. If you are unable to meet in person, please learn how to use Zoom. It's changed my life, people, really. I used to, I used to, like, I couldn't stand Zoom because it just was another way of having a work meeting. <laughs> it's, it started out that way. I think Zoom started this pandemic, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, right. But anyway, Zoom for sure. Learn how to use it and then tell your people how to use it so they can all, you can all get together and stay social and see their faces. Um, because sitting in the house, binging shows, playing video games, even sleeping too much, this is not healthy for your well being. Please take care of yourself. Uh, the article agrees with me, saying, even if you're born a Debbie Downer, you can absolutely bump up your abilities. It's a skill set, Cabelli says. It's been proven that our brains have the ability to create new neural pathways and imprint new beliefs, crushing the myth that old dogs can't learn new tricks. Yeah, it's true. That's some bullshit a lazy old dog rumored a long time ago. Right. And now, you know, you might ask, why even bother doing any of these things? And the most obvious reason is to feel better. And it's temporary or over time. Um, because the alternative is super grim. You might as well pull the covers over your head and wave the white flag. And again, if you're feeling that low and that down, please contact a doctor um, as soon as possible, like right, right now, just stop this and, and reach out to someone, a professional that can help you. Um, but the article goes on to explain how to turn your frown upside down in a crash course. So for the last little bit here, I am going to highlight the important information from the seven ways mentioned in the article for you all. And I hope you find some important takeaways. So number one, and again, this is a crash course on how to um, alleviate some of the depression or to I even find some happiness in, in the small things. Um, the first one is to adjust your mindset. So this first step is simple. Be proactive about it. Um, Cabelli says that the, the differ differentiator between those who relentlessly find moments of joy and levity, even in the most challenging times, the difference between them and those who don't is small but important. It's choice and practice. So you have to choose to look for reasons to be delighted. And more importantly, create small moments of delight for other people. Um, Susan, my shaman, tells me things are not good or bad. It is what it is. 
And these things aren't happening to you. You are the author of your book. Um, She also tells me it's not about fixing anything. That, you know, when you have that perspective of fixing, that means that you're saying that things are broken. And also, she said, you're not responsible for fixing things. You will just constantly rearrange, but it's a practice. Um, The article says that being on high alert for frisions of pleasure will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it puts the priming effect to work. When we're primed for something, we are more likely to find it fast and more often. The simple act of looking for joy will lead to you finding it serendipitously. Um, appearing in your lives. What? How do I say that? Watching you say it was Same very depressing. rewarding. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, you're, you're so we cute. will have video one day so you can see like my face jumping off of my face when I'm making all these expressions. Um, but also the converse converse applies. If you're convinced things are going to be lousy, lousy, you'll be proven right. Um, there's a quote that I've seen many times and it's not verbatim, but it goes something like this. If you believe things are going well, you're right. If you believe things are not going well, you're also right. So bringing us to number two, embrace, Ooh, nice voice. Embrace challenges. Yeah. You might thinking, really, isn't this already challenging enough? Not so. Um, they say one of the most productive things we can do is to help ourselves out of a dark place is to lean in. I feel very Brene Brown writing that. Lean in. Um, when the going gets really rough, stop fighting it. Um, I'm going to quote someone here and I'll tell you who. It's important to face the fact that, that there is suffering and there are real things to be afraid of, says Sorry You For All an ordained Buddhist monk and the founder of the Center for Mindful Learning in Lowell, Vermont. That alone gives us the confidence to overcome them, she says. Um, And this to me says, remember those times when you didn't think you'd survive. For me, the abusive relationships, um, the really difficult situations that I put myself in, and the times when things were really, really falling apart. I survived them and so did you. But also acknowledge your feelings. Let yourself feel the grief and disappointment and the sadness. Really feel them and don't medicate yourself. Lean in. The author um, does say for the record, recognizing your hardships is very different from wallowing in them or employing a poor me victim mentality. Or you, by the way, or so are you, I'm sorry, is actually a man. Oh, really? Yes. <sighs> I just think everyone's a woman who I quote. That's fine. Okay. So Cabelli says, (laughs) how do you know these things? Cabelli says, it's about saying I'm upset. This is lousy. And I'm going to see what I can do to make the best of it. Um, so number three in our list, number three is kissing guilt. Goodbye. Um, the author does an amazing job of explaining this. So I'll read verbatim right here. Um, she says, in order to achieve happiness during tough times, we have to give ourselves per- permission to do so, and that's no small feat. When there's so much tragedy and misfortune to go around, how can we possibly justify trying to enjoy ourselves? The answer, of course, is that doubling down on sadness, anger, and disappointment doesn't solve anything. There seems to be a fun-shaming trend where people have um, concluded that the way to overcome suffering is to cause yourself emotional pain and turmoil, Farrell says. But it doesn't work. 
there is suffering. There's a lot of it. So to say you shouldn't be happy because of that is to say that no one should ever be happy. And um, this reminded me of a saying, starving yourself won't feed others. Um, to me, this is an action effort and guilt will keep you from your success here. So you can actually choose to remove guilt. And let me show you how this article did it for me. Um, verbatim, it says, as proof that nothing has to be sacred, Bagdonas cites the example of an acquaintance who recently found out that he had bone cancer and needed to have one of his feet amputated. He decided to invite a bunch of people to come together and do a roast to make fun of him and send off his foot, Bagdana says. Um, a sampling of the cracks made by the event's MC, Connor Diamond Yaman, a Stanford lecturer and humor expert, said, we know you'll land on your feet, uh, foot. And don't worry about stepping on Scott's toes tonight because they won't be here. They won't even be there soon. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, to make it less terrible, I guess. Um, also, what they said was, what could have been a mournful occasion instead of becoming a turning point, instead became a turning point. Says Diamond Yaman, Scott described it as one of the best days of his life. He understandably He's understandably terrified about the path ahead, but confronting it with unapologetic levity flipped the script and gave a sense of spaciousness to something so constricting. So that brings us to number four. Number four. Um, <laughs> have a reason for living. Have it. Create it. Make it. Oh, have my it. God. Have a reason for living. Um, like I mentioned earlier, this doesn't have to be growing children or creating world peace or becoming the next Kamala Harris, although those are all beyond amazing things. Um, to kickstart the process, Kabbalah recommends making a list of your happiness um, just writing it down, whatever is your happiness booster. So she says, write down a list of things you enjoy, reading a book or taking a bath or the smell of lavender, then incorporate a couple into each day. What about dumpster diving for sweaters? That makes me happy too. And I did that. <laughs> so <laughs> I did two, two doors down too. two doors down. Uh, yeah, that's another, that's another talk. <laughs> Hey, what well, one one person's junk, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but by breaking up your day of the mundane and the oppressive with little moments of joy, you will give yourself a chance to breathe. Because continuing the hurt all day is exhausting and it just continues the depression. Um, it does. And, and trust me, you deserve to feel like you're living with purpose. So really write these small things down and go so far. I go so far as to use post-it notes as reminders. Um, and I use a board to show me that there are positive things I can do in my life just in case I'm forgetful. That brings us to number five, pay it forward. Um, again, this is an age old idea, but the author explains it so well that I'm just going to read it to you. Number five. <laughs> Very nice. As the saying goes, it's better to give than to receive, and that definitely applies here. Michael I. Norton, a professor of business at Harvard, found in a series of studies that when people purchase material possessions for themselves, a new watch, a bigger house, they experience only short-term bursts of happiness. But when the spending went toward others or charity, the gesture produced greater and more sustained levels of 
contentment. Hey, just real quick. I think we should do an entire episode of you attempting to pronounce people's names. <laughs> you know what? You can just edit that and put it in the bloopers reel. Because uh, <laughs> I, I give you full permission for that because I am totally ridiculous. I love it. Um, so uh, there's a group of people that I speak with every single day. So I give my time and energy to serve them and they give their time and energy to serve me. But I get it back tenfold. This serves me on a daily basis more than almost anything in my life. Um, I strongly encourage you to find a tribe of people that can that can serve you in that way. It's definitely made my life brighter. Um, but I also donate uh, money to different groups that I love. I don't tell anyone I'm doing it. I just send it and share it because there are millions in way worse life circumstances. And personally, honestly, I can afford small amounts of money. They're small amounts of money. They're gestures. Um, but it, it makes a difference. So bringing us to number six. Number six. <laughs> Weed out negative influences. And my God, social media can be the culprit. Um, I've seen and heard some things that could bring down the most positive person. There's no need to get into details here. Um, as you know what I'm referring to, some pretty toxic things that are said and shared, um, sometimes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. But yesterday, just yesterday, my shaman, Susan Robeck, tell, told me to edit and to rearrange. She told me to practice something that I've never done before. So just listen to this possibility for you. Keep an open mind. Um, don't assume your negative thoughts are all yours or that your depression is all you. Ask yourself, is it mine or other? Is this outside of me vibrating into my being or is it my own? If it's coming from something outside, stop and look at it. Uh, breathe deeply and send energy from whatever it is that blocking it and breathe it out into the earth. Did I say you're a hippie? Yet? But wait, it gets better. This is what she said. It's a beautiful practice. Um, then in spring, um, the earth will mulch it and it'll come back as flowers. Think what you want. It's a beautiful thing. That's beautiful. Just simply, shut up. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I really meant that one. Um, but that's what she told me. And, you know, just simply acknowledging what's yours will serve you when coping with all of this inside stuff. Um, so do it. Try it. And again, let me know how you feel about it. Um, the article says that if social media is getting you down to the dumps, don't feel obli obligated to stay on top of every breaking headline or Instagram feed. You can choose what you let in. But that also goes for the company you keep. So be on the lookout for emotional vampires, y'all. They're out there. Whoa. Kebbly says, you don't want to lean on someone who's going to conspire with you in a this is horrific mentality. Um, we are mirrors for each other. Just like laughter is contagious, so is misery. I think that is the, the third time that you said that name differently. Nobody is paying attention to that. <laughs> and even the people who are would never point that out. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So here we are. Lastly, but possibly the most important one that the article article covers is number seven. Number seven. Connect with others. 
please trust me, this is critical. I think you already know this, but I'm just going to say it. Um, it's so incredible. I'm connecting with you all over this podcast. Um, I get feedback and messages from you. And I know even though we're miles apart during a pandemic and possibly the most depressing time of our generation, we are connecting and, and by the way, I, I do want to mention that if you do reach out to us on social media, we will respond. We will respond to every single message. Yes, we do. We definitely do. And it's very important that we do. Um, the last thing McMahon touches on is a study. Um, there have been studies done on why soldiers report experiencing happiness during combat. It's not because there's any joy involved in violence and killing. Quite the opposite but because they're feeling intensely bonded and coming together against a common enemy. What? Isn't that nuts? Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Um, but we don't need to be at war to enjoy this bond, of course. You can Zoom with someone and watch the same movie at the same time or Zoom and have a book club. I've done both of those. I have a book club that meets every every week and just sharing this book and ideas with other women is just, I look forward to it every week. It's amazing. Um, having a shared experience is incredibly powerful. It causes your brain to release, to release oxytocin, which um, gives a burst of pleasure and encourages you to create bonds and trust within other people. Pretty wild. <sighs> I really loved this article. Um, <laughs> but as we, wind, as we wind down... I hope you connect with others over this episode and you share your thoughts with us. Really pay attention to your thoughts and spread some joy to your people or even to strangers. As this is a possibly four to five part series, um, we'll dive into another article of the magazine and bring other points of view, including our own to you next week. I really appreciate all of you who um, reached out to me when I was isolating the past week or so, you made a huge difference in my day. So really, thank you so much. I want you to love on each other really hard right now and stay off social media if you have to. Before signing off, I will share from the mouths of three of our listeners concerning what they do to smile during these times. So coming from Kayla... Kayla says that throwing on some good music um, really helps her through some shit. Reggae. Absolutely. Reggae is feel good, happy music. Revolution is a go-to. Courage, courage to grow. Sky is the limit and fade away are amazing, she says. Even though fade away is an inherently sad song, it makes me smile and focus on the present. Um, coming, wonderful. Yeah, music, right? Um, coming from Julia... What makes her smile during these trying times is she says, moving my body however I can or exercise and this indefinitely, and this definitely includes hiking and trail running, music, acts of kindness, positive quotes, journaling, my best friend, aka my boyfriend. When a student or client does something for the first time in the special education world and a sweet, delicious treat or dessert that she hasn't had in a long time. Awesome. And and I totally understand the hiking thing. I think some of the best times I had this year was hiking with you. Right. Um, it's really, I don't know, it's just really cool. She's contributing. And um, I we didn't mention those specific things. And last but not least, I am going to quote Flo. Um, hi Flo. Hi Flo. We love you. 
What makes her smile during these trying times? She said, besides my family working, not only am I thankful to have my job for obvious reasons, but also because she's a social butterfly. I need the interaction with other people. My job at, I'm not going to say where she works, my job at this place, especially, I love my customers and I love to be there to tell them good morning, ask them how they're doing, tell them to have a good day, joke around with them and have a little laugh that makes her smile. That makes my day, she says. Also, she said, photography. I love taking pictures of anything and everything. Seeing the pictures and giving them my own little touch makes me happy. I love that. Right? Coming from the photographer. Crafting, she said. I love to do anything crafty. And listening to your podcast. Um, I love it when you guys get me to think about things I may not have had not have had you before. Well, I know what she means. But she, we put the thought there for her. Um, I've also started listening to Brene Brown. Thank you for that, she says. I'm loving her podcasts. And last but not least, music. Music again. Mm-hmm. I'm always listening to music or singing. It literally just brings me where I need to be mentally and emotionally. So thank you for, for sharing that with us. I love you. That's awesome. All. Um, I love you three for sharing. And, and I really encourage you to reach out to us on our different platforms um, because connection number seven and the most important thing is to have connection during times of um you know whatever it is that you're feeling that's not exactly a positive emotion could be anything um so please please reach out please talk to a professional if you think that that would help you um and you know lean in with people who are going to help you and be of service to you and try to stay away from the negativity that it's so everywhere it's hard to dodge it left and right but if you're really only looking for joy and happiness you actually will find it you will find it um so that's our hour with you this week um i love i love this i do i love i'm gonna be smiling for hours (laughs) this um I hope, I pray that this is going to serve you. I hope that, I really do. I hope that you got something from this. Um, And again, this is a part of a series. So we will be doing something uh, in a short week. Um, We will be doing something that is similar, but a little different. And um, I look forward to talking with you then. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for listening and and stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear about our social media and how else you can reach us. Yes. We discuss what it takes to smile through trying times and the coping mechanisms and ideas to remain proactive. We thank you for your love and support. Did you like today's episode? Subscribe to us on Spotify or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to follow us at Love in a Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com slash Love in a Podcast. Learn more about us on our website, loveinapodcast.com. Until next week, my friends.